I believe you want to be used of God in a mighty way. I certainly pray that for the glory of our Lord. But the next question I want to ask you is this. How many are willing to do what it takes to be used of the Lord in a mighty way? You know, I believe that there's a lot of Christians today that need to come alive. I was out visiting yesterday again, and I, I'm not being critical here, but I, I know a lot of Christians who aren't going to church at all, zero, not going anywhere. And so my heart goes out to them. I, I know some Christians that really need to come alive again, wake up, as it were. I was telling you uh, back a few weeks ago, I had the privilege of preaching down at a church in New Beginning Baptist Church in Palakut, Florida, <laughs> and it was homecoming. And one of the men that was there, I met him after the uh, service was over, and I was shaking his hand, and his, he, I said, what's your name? I'd seen him before, but I couldn't quite recall his name. He said, my name is Master, his uh, last name. And I said, I know you from somewhere at dawn. He said, yes. He said, I'm the funeral home director here in Palakit, Florida. Well, you know what I was doing after I shook hands with him? I wonder if he was checking my pulse. I was, you got to watch these funeral home directors to make sure they're not checking your pulse. But anyway, uh, it, it reminded me, speaking of that, of, uh, by the way, I told him I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the upper taker. Amen. The Lord's coming again one day indeed. But I said that to say this. Uh, I believe that God wants to use you and me in a mighty way. I really do. I believe that the Lord has got much more things in store for you and me. I think that the Lord wants us to be hands and feet, as it were, becoming the hands and feet of our Lord Jesus, becoming the voice, the mouthpiece, and the heart of our Lord in a desperate and dying world. And so the question is this, how can you and I partner with the Lord? That's the title of the message today that I'll tell you a scripture in a moment that has been uh, really registering my heart partnering with Jesus. That's the title of the message. Uh, how can we learn to cooperate with the Lord to watch God begin to break through in some of the prayers we're asking? You know, someone as well said, we can do more than pray when we pray, but we can't do more than pray until we pray. And so somebody told me last week as they were leaving, they said, Pastor, after we pray, we need to put our feet to the prayers. I said, you're exactly right. And so we've been praying about love unleashed and love your neighbor, and, and uh, we've been praying for our families. And, and now it's time after you've been praying, don't, don't do it before you pray. Have you been praying about a situation in your life? Well, now follow through on what God tells you to do because that's as critical, if not as much, as the beginning. So partnering with Christ. I believe the Lord is going to give us some steps today concrete steps, definite steps, absolute steps, namely three steps that you and I can take to become more used of God and to become a vessel that the Lord can work through. I'll tell you what, beloved, I'm convinced that you don't want to just exist in the Christian life. You don't want to just kind of casually go from day to day. Rather, I think that you're, along with me, want to see God do great things in our life are you here today and are you here today and and are you seeing God do some things in your life uh, are you praying about some things and and are you seeing God break through in your life 
Well, today is going to be a great, glorious day for you today as the Lord meets with us, and I'm convinced there are going to be breakthroughs in your heart today as we look at the text in a moment. I got a call this past week. Uh, actually, it was a text message, and then uh, ended up to be in a telephone call. And this person told me, this lady said, Pastor, would you pray for me? Said, I've been anxious, I've been worried about some things. And, and, uh, and then this person began to tell me all the stuff that they were going through and the reason for their anxiety. Maybe today, you're here today and you've been going through some things and maybe you're feeling a little insecure or maybe you're feeling a little anxious about something. Well, our conversation uh, continued and this particular person mentioned to me that they had been under a little bit of stress they were taking care of their mom her mom and uh, wondering if they were given if she was giving her the right medicine wondering if she was taking her to the right doctor anybody that's taking care of your parent knows what it is to be under some stress by the way in addition to taking care of her mom she had a full-time job and in addition to that I had a teenager at home, and so I said, no wonder you're a little bit anxious. You know, you're under a lot of stress, and, and, and stress can have a way of causing some anxiety in our life, and that's the importance of committing that whatever it is to the Lord, and that's what the Lord wants you and me to do today, to cast our burden upon him. And I shared with the Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be careful for nothing. That is, don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And that's the key. Thanking the Lord what you're going through. Is there anybody today that says, you know, Pastor, I've been a little anxious about some stuff. I've been a little bit worried about some stuff. And God wants to give me victory over that today. I believe the Lord is going to speak to us through his word as we turn in our Bibles today to the book of Hebrews. Find in your Bible the book of Hebrews. And we're going to look at primarily one verse this morning that really is, uh, <laughs> we'd say, impregnated with truth. It is just absolutely filled to the gill with the, word, with the uh, wonderful message that God's got for us, partnering with Jesus. In the book of Hebrews, and please look with me in a moment, at this particular passage, I found this as I was searching for our PowerPoint, Jesus calls partner. That is, we're partnering with Christ. This will become more clearer to you in a moment. Let me just ask a question. How many of y'all are teaching Sunday school? Let me see your hand. You're a Sunday school teacher? All right, I know you have got a prayer weekly. Oh, God. We pray that you'll begin to let the word of God take root in the hearts of those that you have the privilege of ministering to. And, and then others are serving the Lord in various capacities, teaching maybe the youth and, and working with the wanas and, and the children. The, uh, and not only that, but vacation Bible school's coming up. Uh, Jennifer here in just a little while, a few months in uh, June. And so partnering with the Lord as we sing, partnering with the Lord. How can we join the Lord Jesus? How can we cooperate with the Lord and really let God come alive in our heart? I'm glad that God's alive and he wants to express his life in us and through us even in a more wonderful way. And so today I want to encourage you and challenge you as well. Hebrews chapter 3. Turn there please. Hebrews chapter 3. Now, everyone's aware, perhaps, if not most of you are, the writer to Hebrews, namely many believe be Paul and me included. But at any rate, here this wonderful epistle, he's 
urging those readers and those uh, Christians at that time to press on to maturity. Hey, don't be satisfied uh, with the status quo of the normal Christian life uh, that today seems to be uh, so minimum. Rather, press on, move on to know the Lord and the superiority of our Lord Jesus Christ in addition to angels and, and the temple and other mentions in this wonderful epistle. And now, as we come to chapter 3, I want you to note in the context of chapter 3, it's uh, a urging of this writer and a remembrance of the children of Israel, how they were at a strategic place, namely Kadesh Barnea. We were there just a few years ago. And uh, they needed to enter on in the God's promised land. However, because of unbelief, they were unable to enter into the promised land, and consequently, they wandered in the wilderness 40 years. Now, there may be somebody, you today, that's listening right now. You're sitting here this morning, and you're saying, you know, Pastor, I, I, I really need to get to the next level. I, I really want to have my faith to be increased in my Lord. How many today, y'all look up here, how many today would be honest and say, Brother Pastor, I know that this Christian life is a test of faith, and I want to pass the test. I want to pass the test. I don't want to have a faith failure and dishonor the Lord and have to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Well, having said that, that brings us to our text today. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14. If you'd like to stand, we're going to read this. All it's going to be this morning is starting off with this verse right here. And the Lord willing, we'll break it down. I've never preached from this verse, and God just got some stuff in here that's just wonderful to my heart. I'm convinced it will be to yours as well. Hebrews chapter 4, I'm sorry, chapter 3, and then look with me in verse 14. Chapter 3, verse 14. Uh, For we are made partakers. Let's say that together. For we are made partakers. One more time. What does that mean? We are made partakers of Christ. What does that mean? Does this mean just when we get to heaven? Does this mean partakers as in a sense of partnership? That's exactly what it means. Does this mean that we now here on earth have Christ in us and he and his mighty resurrection power wants to be fleshed out through our mortal flesh? Absolutely. Keep reading verse 14. For we are made partakers of Christ. That word partakers is metakos, and we'll talk more about that word metakos. Look, we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence. My, underline that word confidence. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. I want to reread that. I want the Spirit of God to end indelibly impress this verse on your heart and you will not be able to get away from it. I pray the Spirit of God will illumine our eyes and quicken our hearts to, uh, to receive the Word of God and understand what the writer is saying. Notice again, verse 14. We are made partakers of Christ. Now we're going to break that down. That's going to be our first thought. We're made partakers of Christ. And then notice, if we hold or keep the beginning of our Confidence, our firm, the word confidence, hupotasa. And uh, this word uh, is the same as assurance, as uh, some translate. Uh, the beginning of our confidence, 
steadfast, our firm steadfast unto the end. Father, thank you for the word of God. Now, Lord, we, I can say for myself and I believe for many, many others of your people today that we don't want to just exist in this life. We don't want to just go through the motions, Lord. We don't want to just play church. We want to see your mighty resurrection power to be uh, real and alive in our hearts. And as we had the privilege of serving you, the King of glory, the one that's coming back to be enthroned forever and ever on your throne, and your kingdom should be no end. But until that day, until then, Lord, we ask you now that you would fill us afresh today, that you'd, uh, God, uh, you'd teach us how to come under your authority and surrender to your lordship and, and yield to your uh, wooing of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I know others are like me that got needing breakthroughs today and needing our Lord that kind of trust and faith in you because you're alive. And when all sin and done, we'll thank you for it, for the lives that are changed and how you mature us, how we want to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And as your servant Paul said, we forget those things that are behind, yet we remember your forgiveness of our sin. Hallelujah. And we press on. We press on. We press on, Lord. I want to press on. I want to know you and know the power of your resurrection and press on to watch your great glorious gospel fall on good ground and watch God your Holy Spirit bring people to your saving grace and and dear Lord witness the power of a living God thank you that you're alive I pray that you'll God do what needs to be done today when all said and done we'll thank you praise you for it I bless you for those that have come give them just a, a manifested power and uh, oh God uh, uh, peace in our hearts knowing we've met with you today and that's what it's all about and we say hallelujah the Lord God the omnipotent reigneth in Jesus name amen and amen and amen you may be seated let's take this little phrase right here in the book of Hebrews chapter number uh, 3 Hebrews chapter 3 uh, for we are made partakers of Christ I want you to break this uh, verse down with me and I believe the Lord is going to show us uh, some things and uh, Hopefully, there'll be three steps we're going to see in a moment, three steps to cooperating with the Lord found in this particular verse. We are made partakers of Christ. Let's say that again together. For we are made partakers of Christ. One more time. We are made partakers of Christ. And then let's add this next phrase. If we hold the beginning of our confidence. Let's say it together. If we hold the beginning of our confidence. One more time. If we hold the beginning of our confidence. And then that's the second word I want to give you. And then finally the third word is found steadfast to the end. Steadfast to the end. Let's say that together. Steadfast to the end. Yes, for we are made partakers of Christ. And here's where we're going today in the message. And don't worry about it. I'll show you in a moment. Number one, A. A stands for activation. For we are made partakers of Christ. Activation. Two, we'll see in a moment, not only activation, but participation. Participation. If we hold the beginning of our confidence, participation. Number three is demonstration. First, activation. 
for we are made partakers of Christ. Secondly, participation. If we hold the beginning of our confidence, and then thirdly, demonstration, steadfast unto the end. Here's where we're going today in the message. Three steps that I believe the Lord is going to use in your life today. One, activation. For we are made partakers of Christ. And then two, that is participation. And number three, demonstration. Now, y'all listen to me because some of you are not going to get this. Maybe some of you are just kind of drifting along in your Christian life and maybe you don't have a real seriousness about really serving the Lord or maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're still needing milk and you're still not a mature Christian. But this is probably going to be for everybody but specifically for mature Christians. This is going to be for those who want to go further with God. How many of y'all want to go further with God? Yeah, how many want to have strong, mountain-moving faith? How many want to see God do great and mighty things? All of us do. And if we don't, something must be wrong. Number one, and the first word is this, the word activation, activation. Notice, for if we are, for we are made partakers of Christ. We are made partakers of Christ. I want to stop right there and use the word, uh, the word, uh, uh, not only the word partakers, we'll see what that means in a moment. What does it mean to be a partaker of Christ? And it starts with this. The A stands for activation. What do I mean by activation? The activation. Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, how many of you have a cell phone? Let me see your hand. You've got a cell phone. Everybody in the world nowadays has a cell phone, right? Uh, you've got a cell phone. I've got a cell phone. We all have cell phones. I mean, I've uh, traveled some in the third world countries. And you know what I've noticed? I've noticed that some, some third world countries, though they do not have a lot of uh, uh, luxuries or additional things that we have here in America, however, they have a cell phone. Isn't it interesting to know that just about everywhere you go in the world, Nowadays, cell phones are very, very popular. But have you been to the uh, phone company lately and had to upgrade on your cell phone? You might as well spend two or three hours. Somebody say amen. I mean, you might as well spend some time. You're going to be there for a while. But wait a minute. I've got another cell phone too. Now, this is the cell phone uh, right here. But in order for your, you've got a cell phone with you right now. D does it automatically just work when you get your cell phone? And the answer is no. What has to take place in order for your cell phone to come on? It has to be what? Activated. And that's what the thought the Lord put on my heart today. Number one, if we are going to be partakers of Christ, if we're going to be partners with Christ, if we're going to see God do things in our life, we're praying for you. We're praying for our family. We're praying for our children. We're praying for our grandchildren. We're praying for our neighbors. We're praying for our neighborhood, our community. We're praying for America. We're praying for the will of God and the word of God, the gospel, to continue to carry forth. We're praying that Jesus will be lifted up. We're praying that his kingdom will come and his will will be done. We're praying for the strongholds 
foes of the enemy to be absolutely demolished and crushed. We're praying for God to loose people that are bound uh, down with mind-altering drugs and so forth. We're praying for the Spirit of God to dig up the root issues and problems and, and uh, past unresolved conflicts. The only way that's going to happen, beloved, is we've got to A, we've got to activate this faith. It's got to be activated. It's got to be turned on. You know, I got this phone, and I've gotten several phones at the phone company. you got one right now as well. You can go into that phone company and get you a phone like this, but it's not going to work until what? Until they activate that phone. That phone has to be turned on. It's got to be activated. And I want to tell you something. You can try to use that phone all day long, but it's not going to work until somehow or another, and I'm not smart enough to figure it out, how they activate that phone. Maybe they punch in some numbers on this and that. Maybe some of you know how they activate that phone. But for some reason or another, you get the phone, and they say, we'll be right back. They go back in the back of the store, and the next thing you know, they say, uh, well, they said, look at your phone. It's activated right now. It works. Why? Because it's come alive. It's come alive. And I want to tell you something. When our faith in God comes alive, it's going to make a difference in your life. That's a good place to say amen. Amen. When your faith comes alive, and some of us today, our faith needs to come alive. We know that Jesus died on the cross. We know that he rose from the grave. We know that he's got all power in his hands. We know that he's coming again. But for some reason or another, we have a disconnect in knowing about him and then knowing and watching him direct our life and watching him begin to use you and me in a wonderful way to him be glory. Listen, your faith has to be activated. Question, is your faith activated today? Does your faith need to be resurrected from the grave? Are you doubting God? Are you believing God? You say, but pastor, I don't really know how to activate my faith. Well, Paul put it this way. It's got to start in the activation process. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, it's interesting to note Paul was there for three years teaching in the school of Tyrrhenius and the church founded by the apostle Paul in the midst of chaos and idolatry. Speaking of idolatry, I'm talking about Diana. I'm talking about Demetrius the silversmith, I'm talking about in the midst of all of these curious arts that they eventually burn, according to the book of Acts, chapter 19. And there in the church of Ephesus, Paul put it this way. He said, you were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in children of disobedience, among whom we also had our conversation in the lust of the flesh, and were by nature children of wrath. But wait a minute, I love verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy. Oh, yes, I'm glad that God's rich in mercy. God, who is rich in mercy, said Paul to the Ephesian believers and to us today. God, who is rich in mercy, wherein is love, even when we're dead in sin. That quickened us, quickened us, made us alive. That's right, activated. He quickened us together. He turned us on. He quickened us together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through the Lord Jesus Christ. For by grace are you what? Saved by what? Faith. 
and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Tell me, is your faith activated today? Tell me, have you been turned on to the power of a living God who'd forgive your sin? That you say, yes, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I know there's none righteous, no, not one. I understand that a righteous is as filthy rags. And God, I know that I can't save myself. Good works won't get me to heaven. By the way, how many know good people will die without God? There's a lot of people that are trusting in their good works instead of by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But tell me, have you ever by faith said, God, I need to turn from my sin? I, I understand, uh, Lord, that you said the soul that sinneth shall surely die. Uh, Lord, I understand uh, that uh, you said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I understand, Jesus, you said, he that believes in the Son has everlasting life, but he that believes in not in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Your faith has to be activated. The activation process. I want to ask you today, does your batteries need to get recharged? You know the last thing I do when I go to, before I go to bed last night? Josh and I were here to a little bit later, of course, by 11 o'clock, uh, thereabouts. And anyway, uh, last thing I do, got home and was trying to wind down, thinking about today and praying and seeking the Lord about uh, things going on today. The last thing I do, you know the last thing I do just about when, when I get ready to go to bed? plug in a charger on my cell phone. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You plug in your charger on your cell phone? Why? The battery will run down on you. See, this battery right here on this phone, I, I can find myself talking about 30 minutes or an hour and it runs down. I think I'm going to need a new battery, a new phone, because I'm having to charge it up a good bit. But I'm telling you this, sometimes and sometimes in life, you know what I'm talking about, sometimes in life our batteries get low. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes there's stuff pulling on us all the time. Problems and pressures and stress. And you're going through that. You know what I'm talking about. And today you're saying, but God, I believe you, but help my unbelief. Like the daddy of the epileptic son in whom the Lord delivered him in Mark chapter 9. But today God is saying, you need to get charged up. And there's some people today that are sitting here in the midst of us today that maybe for whatever reason your batteries have gotten low. You've gotten discouraged. Nobody seems to be doing this or that. Or in your Christian life, things aren't happening like you think they should be happening or like you want them to happen or, or it seems like God's maybe far off somewhere or the Lord is not paying attention to your circumstances and today God's saying you need to get charged up. You need to get plugged back in. You need to start abiding in the vine as Jesus said in John chapter 15. The first process is the activation come alive. Come alive. Y'all remember the story that I told few years ago and I can't help but to think of it at the moment about the man riding down the road and a rabbit jumped out in the road and uh, boom he hit the rabbit the rabbit tumbled over into the ditch lifeless the lady drove up behind him in a car the man pulled off the side of the road she opened her trunk she reached down and grabbed a looked like a spray can. She walked over to the rabbit, shook the can, sprayed the rabbit. The man could hardly believe his eyes. The rabbit jumped up 
started hopping toward the woods, stopped, and it looked like the rabbit did his paw like that. Finally, the rabbit jumped into the woods with one last wave of the paw, the paw, P-A-W, paw. <laughs> Man said, what in the world do you have in that spray can? Lady said, uh, this is hairspray. H-A-R-E, hairspray. It brings dead hair back to life. <laughs> With permanent wave, all right? <laughs> With permanent wave. Some of you ladies appreciate that. Hey, I know you worked on your hair a lot this morning in the rain, all right? You, you look like all of you having a good hair day. But anyway, we're talking about activation, number two. There's a second step that I believe the Lord wants to take us to today. It's not only being partakers, by the way, that word partakers, here it is right here, metakos, metakos. There's the word for partakers, metakos. Say that with me, metakos. And you know what that word metakos means? It means partner. That's right. It means sharing in, partaking. And so I want you to know that I'm not just uh, pulling things out of the thin air when we deal with these passages of Scripture. This is... Uh, uh, the uh, supposedly the meaning of this word partaker for he, the writer said for we are partakers of Christ we are made partakers of Christ we are partners with Christ how many know that you're a partner with Christ question how you doing how you doing how you doing you know when you got a partner you got to learn to cooperate with your partner and, and that's what this word means metachos Metacost. It, it means to partner with Christ. It means to go alongside. We are made partakers. Metacost. We are partners with Christ. I'll tell you what, if that thought will ever register in your mind, it'll change your life. Because you know what happens? Here's what happens. Here's what happens. When we first become a Christian, we think, well, God, you're setting out to, you know, I'm just going to work for you. And I'm going to do all this stuff, and I'm going to help you out, and I'm going to, you know, do great things. And all of a sudden, early in our Christian life, we come to the conclusion that uh, we can't do anything for God. It's God working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And finally, when we come to the end of the rope of ourselves, realizing that in my flesh dwells no good thing, Romans 7 and 18, and that that I would do, I find myself not doing, and that that I don't want to do, I find myself doing it. Oh, wretched man that I am, Paul came to that conclusion and when we do that then we say oh God it's not about me it's about you it's not about what I can uh, do but rather it's what you can do through me Colossians 1 Paul said Christ in you the hope of glory and no wonder Paul said in Philippians 2 12 uh, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling he didn't mean uh, work to be saved but he said because you're saved there are going to be some works amen and so that makes the difference. That makes the difference is that now we're, watch this, 1 Corinthians 3, 9. Co-laborers together with God. Isn't it, wait a minute, y'all got to hear me. I, I hope you'll hear me when I say this. Isn't it life's greatest privilege to be a co-laborer with the Lord? My, God will take you places you'll never be able to go by yourself. God will do things in your life you'll never, ever, ever be able to do by yourself. And he's already done some things. And he's not finished. He's not finished. But we've got to learn not only to be activated, but number two, we've got to, watch this, activation comes to the second step, which is participation. We activation. We're made partakers of Christ. Well, but pastor, I understand all that, and 
I appreciate that and uh, hallelujah for all that, but how does that work? <laughs> you know, I want the rubber to hit the road. Give me some practicality about this. Some of us are kind of, we want to see it. You know, we understand it. Here's where we're going to see it. Here's where we're going to understand it. The question is, are you going to do what God's telling you to do in order to see God do what he wants to do and, and, and desires to do? Number two stands for participation. Participation. For if we are made partakers of Christ, activation, uh, then if we hold, for we are made partakers of Christ, if, conditional, if we hold. That word hold, I looked it up again, uh, and, and, and it means to keep. If we keep the RK, the word beginning is RK, if we hold the beginning of our confidence. I wanted to know what that word confidence was. When I read across this, I said, Lord, I love that. Partakers and metacost was the word that really leaped off into my heart. Partners with Christ. But wait a minute. There's more to it than this. It's got to go a little deeper. It's, I need some more explanation. I need to know how, what that means to me. I need to know what the Lord is calling me to do. I know the Lord is up to him, but yet he, he looks for a vessel. He looks for a channel. He looks for somebody willing to say, not my will, but thy will be done. Have you done that? Are you right there? Confidence. Let's talk briefly about this word confidence. What does this word mean? Confidence. Say that word with me. Confidence. Do you have confidence in the Lord? Well, what does that mean to have confidence in the Lord? I discovered that you the same thing you're going to discover this morning, and it's this. Confidence means assurance. For if we hold our confidence, we are made. God doesn't tell us, do you feel like it? God says, we are made protect. I know what somebody's thinking. They're thinking, Pastor, you know what I've done. Look at me. It don't matter what you've done. What matters is what he's done. <laughs> That's a good place to say amen. What matters is what he's done. And what he's done, he's called us to follow him. He's called us to be fishers of men. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. He's called us to love the Lord with all of our heart. He's called us to love our neighbor. He's called us to go and tell. He's called us to a life this peculiar people and the holy nation, chosen generation, 1 Peter 2 and 9. He's called us to be salt. You're the salt of the earth. And he's called us to be light. You're the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13 through 16. He's called us to make a difference while there's time. He's called us to be soul winners. He's called us to rescue the perishing. He's called us to throw out the lifeline. He's called us to snatch some as it were according to Jude verse 22 and 23 and 24. Snatch them from the fire. Oh yes, even hating the garments spotted by the flesh. He's called us to be instruments in the master's hand. How many are willing to say here my Lord, send me. How many are willing to say, as Isaiah, hear my Lord, use me. I want to tell you something. You see the Lord lifted up in his high and his exaltation as Isaiah did in Isaiah 6. And you look at yourself and see yourself not only in him and his exaltation, but ourself in our own degradation. Woe is me, a man of unclean lips. Then you'll respond as Isaiah and I'll respond. Lord, I see you. I lifted up. See myself in my degradation, but I want to answer in the affirmation. How many do answer to God today? He's calling you to make a difference in your school. He 
He's calling you, Ansley. He's calling you, Andrew. He's calling you, Daniel, to make a difference in your school. He's calling you, Bailey. He's calling you, Andrew. He's calling you to make a difference in your school. He's calling you to make a difference in your job. Your job is not just about making money, hello. It's about being a light in a dark place. He's calling us to make a difference in our neighborhood. Right? Absolutely. Are we answering the call? I know many of you are saying, yes, Lord. Yes. Confidence. What does that word mean? Again, it's the word hupotasso. And it's the same word, by the way. Uh, here it is. Uh, it's the same word. This word means substance. It, it means assurance. I mentioned that already. Interesting to note, this word we are made partakers of Christ if we hold on, if we hold on to our confidence, if we hold on to our assurance. In other words, God says, I'm going to use you in a wonderful way. I'm, you're going to watch me flow through you like a river. Jesus said, Ho, oh, if any man thirst, let him come and drink. He that believes in me out of this out of his belly shall, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And no wonder Paul said in Ephesians 5.18, be not drunk with wine where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Say that with me. Be filled with the Spirit. Say it again. Be filled with the Spirit. Say it again. Be filled with the Spirit. Say it again. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, Ephesians 4.30. And quench not the Spirit, 1 Thessalonians 2.19. But rather, be filled with the Spirit. Are you a Spirit-filled daddy? Are you a Spirit-filled mama? Are you spirit-filled Christian? Oh, God, I need to get with you today. You see, this thing of participation, participation. I was going to tell you a moment ago, and those of you that are taking notes, how many are you taking notes? Let me see your hand. Good. That word uh, confidence is also used, hupotasso, uh, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. That'll ring a bell. Why? Because Hebrews 11, 1 says faith is the substance of, there it is, same word, substance, hupotasso. Faith is the confidence. Faith is the assurance. Faith is the, here's the definition of faith, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence, the proof of, not, of things not seen. What's he saying? We are partakers of Christ. If we hold on to our assurance, if we hold on to our confidence, How many of y'all have ever tried to drive a parked car? Have you ever tried to drive a parked car? Have you? I've tried to drive a parked car. I remember when I was about 10 years old, I got in my mom and dad's car. It was parked in the parking lot. Probably you did the same thing. I got in that car. You know what I did? I pretended like I was driving it. My feet wouldn't reach the gas pedal or the brake, but it didn't matter. Man, I was pretending like I was driving. Have you ever tried to drive a parked car? It's hard to turn it, isn't it? You can, you can pretend, all, you, know, you can drive it. A parked car won't go anywhere. You can pretend all day long, but it's not going anywhere. What, what am I saying? I'm saying this. This word, participation. Activation, participation. This word, participa participation, does not mean being like a parked car, sitting there, doing nothing. <laughs> Rather, how can I participate? It's being led by the Spirit of God. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 14, Paul said, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in his way. And though he fall, he shall not only be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. How can I be led by the Spirit? How can I, like Paul in Acts 16, who God said, Whoa, Paul, whoa! He put a red light going to Bithynia. And Paul heard the Macedonian call, Come on over and help us. I don't know about y'all. Can I tell y'all something? See if y'all agree with me. I was praying yesterday, Lord, we need some laborers to come help us at New Rocky Creek. Man, I need a good amen there. I said, I, I, are y'all going to pray with me about that? God's got some laborers. God's got some folks to come help us and, 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 and reaping the harvest. The fields are white in the harvest. The labors are few. God, send in some laborers. Send in some workers. Send in, dear God, some people that got vision. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Write the vision. Make it plain that they that read it may run with it and though it tarry. It will surely come to pass. And so, how can I see God work in my life? How can I join the Lord? How can I participate with God's plan for my life. Isn't that what you want? Look, you can't live in the past all the time and say, well, 10 years ago, bless God, I saw somebody be saved. My family, well, glory, hallelujah, I rejoice with you. What about today? What's God doing today? What are you asking God to do today? What do you trust him to do tomorrow if he tarries? Let's join the Lord today and say, Dear God, I, want, I know I'm a partaker, but I want to learn how to cooperate. I want to learn how to participate. Not I, but Christ lives in me. That's what Paul said in Galatians 2.20. That's what he meant in Romans chapter 6 and verse number uh, uh, 11. Likewise, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen to me. we got to graduate, and we, we never get over the fact we've been saved, but now it's time to serve the Lord. You want to be great? Learn to be a servant. You want to be great? Learn to be hands and feet of our Lord. I, I'm saying this. I'm, I'm not being critical. Please hear me. But some of us today have been in church so long that it's starting it's starting to need to be time to start putting into place what we know. Yeah. Because you know what will happen if you don't? Rust will develop on you. Spiritual rust. Really. If, you, if it's like the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea takes in, takes in, takes in. But it never gives out. That's why it's dead. On the other hand, the Sea of Galilee takes in and there's life. There's fish and there's life. Why? Because it takes in and gives out. And that's the principle with giving. Giving it should be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. No wonder. And that's uh, Luke 6 and 8 and 38. No wonder. Malachi said, bring you all the tithes in the storehouse. There may be meat in my house. Prove me now, here saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up a window of heaven and pour you out a blessing, you'll not be able to contain it. This is what God is calling us to do. To be broken bread and poured out juice. To be again. Oh God, help me to learn how to participate. Help me to learn how to cooperate. Help me to learn how to come under that, that you, can, you can direct me. Help me, Lord, to learn how to let you put your yoke on me. Yeah, Jesus said, come to me, all you labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I think I've said enough about that. 
But I want to give you biblical references every, uh, when we gather together, I'm not just spouting off, sharing with the scripture to try to show off, tell you how much scripture uh, we've memorized. Rather, I believe that faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when you hear the word of God, it's not pastor's opinion, but rather it's the truth of God's word. Amen. And that's what gets the job done. I can't move you. I can't convince you. I can't persuade you. But if God can't through his word, then nobody can. And so, so confidence in the Lord. Now last, first we got to activate, activation. We're made partakers. Turn it on, brother. <laughs> Turn it on, sister. And then we got to participate if we hold on to the beginning of our confidence. How many of those the Lord been blessing? I need a witness. I need a witness. How many of God's been blessing? I know we got three right now, Diane and Mary and, and, and uh, Becky are praying and we're watching God do great things in their life and we're believing God's going to continue to do great things in their life. Come on, let's bless the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But wait a minute. So, so this last dedication or rather demonstration, here comes, the, here comes the answer. If we're steadfast, if we're firm to the end, if we don't give up, be not weary and well-doing. We shall reap if we faint not. You say, but I'm not getting anywhere. Yes, you are. You say, but I, I'm not seeing anything. Yes, you will. Faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I'm telling you, when you serve the Lord, you can't offer one single cup of cold water without God blessing it. Oh, no. Jesus said, hold fast to the end, firm to the end. How many want to say, dear God, I want to hold fast to the end? Marcus Davis Marcus Davis just died last week, 35 years old. How many of y'all know Marcus Davis? Y'all don't believe this. Bailey, you're here. You can testify. You had a basketball game, didn't you, a few weeks ago? And I had the privilege of coming to the basketball game. Me and Deanna went to your basketball game. You know who I sat beside the whole game? Marcus Davis. You know who I sat beside and taught the whole game? Marcus Davis. We're talking about just a few weeks ago, February the 4th to be exact. And there was Marcus Davis sitting right beside me. We were fellowshipping and talking. You know, Pastor, he can't watch a game. He's got, I'm sorry, I was watching some. <laughs> anyway, but we got to talk about the things of God. And he was telling me all the things the Lord was doing in his life. By the way, Marcus Davis, y'all listen, Marcus Davis, he sat right here. How many knew that? Marcus Davis, he came to our Sunday school class. I'll never forget it. The Lord had me to share 2 Timothy chapter 1. He, was, he lit up like a light bulb. Marcus Davis, I called on him to pray. Y'all probably didn't know that, did you? Marcus Davis, Greenwood Baptist Church. A dear, young, bright brother. Loved this brother. Just a, just a, Radiant Christian. He came to church here not once, not twice, but three times. Now he's in heaven, 35 years old. We are made partakers of Christ. If we hold fast, if we hold from the beginning our confidence, steadfast unto the end, steadfast unto the end. I'll close on this. How many of y'all been praying for J.R. Jones? J.R. Jones called me a month ago. 
His dad passed away. I was with his dad. Going to have the funeral April the 20th up in Hayesville, North Carolina. His dad asked me to preach the funeral. I thank the Lord I had the privilege of being with him within 24 hours before he passed away. J.R. called me the week of his dad's passing. Before his dad passed away, he said, but Brother Randy, would you pray for me? I've been diagnosed with kidney cancer. I said, Brother J.R., really? He said, yes. I said, how sure? What did they tell you? He said, 99% sure, the doctor. 99. He said, we see this all the time. He said, there's no doubt about it. You've got kidney cancer. We're going to have to remove the mass, the tumor, and then maybe your kidney and not sure about treatments. I said, well, let's pray. How many believe we got a great physician? And to God be the glory. We were praying for him as a church, New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. We prayed for him the night, Wednesday night before his surgery. I showed up at the hospital. Brother J.R. looks at me as his pastor, and it's a privilege. I showed up at the hospital that Thursday morning. Not last Thursday, but Thursday before. Not even two weeks ago. I showed up at the hospital that morning, and I said, man, let's pray. I believe that God can still perform mighty, wonderful, miraculous things. Let's believe God. And so we began to pray, and I, I said, Brother J.R., I'm going to have to slip on over to uh, Social Circle, preach a, a message, and I'll be right back. I'll be back with your family. His family was there. We prayed together, his wife Jenny, and then his son Corey and his other brother Steve. Anyway, we prayed together, and lo and behold, I get a message as I'm heading back to the hospital, and it says, they're postponing my surgery. That's all it said. They're postponing my surgery. I said, what? They're postponing the surgery. I got the telephone. I called him up. He answered the phone. He said, Brother Randy, four doctors consulted together, and they decided after consulting, they had me ready, moving me over into the operating room, and four of them came back and said, there's no cancer there. It's not cancer at all. They're not going to have to have surgery at all. I said, glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. I'm telling you, God's alive. That just because maybe you're going through treatment doesn't mean God doesn't use medicine to perform miracles. Just medicine or miracle, it doesn't matter. He's still in charge. And the church said, Amen. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet.